Okay. <clears throat> so we're doing now Friday's portion of Ayate. Today was a storyline. Yesterday we discussed that Jacob's ready to leave. He's been in Hebron 14 years, worked for his wife twice. Joseph is born. He knows he has the contrast, the adversary who can seriously overcome Asa's evil in Joseph and baby Joseph. He's ready to leave. Now scared of Asa, and he paid his dues very much. And Lovin says, I don't want you to go. I mean, you're great. Before you came, I didn't have any sons. I was impoverished. Now you're here. I'm wealthy. I have sons. I want you to stay. Well, I've got also provide for my household. No problem. Of course, I'll pay you. No problem. So Jacob creates this very crazy deal that Lovin's very happy with because it sounds like Jacob's not going to get a penny of him only having from the flocks he's given none of which will have anything spotted, speckled, or with these auburn splotches. Lovin takes all those three days away. And whatever he has left, anything that's produced of that type, he gets to keep everything else as Lovin. Lovin says, great. He doesn't just give him anything that doesn't have any spots on it. He gives him everything that's unhealthy, that's old, that's weak, that's sick, that's barren. For some reason, in Lovin's evil, he didn't want Jacob to get anything. But he didn't care that Jacob was only watching the really weak flock. He didn't care. He just wanted Jacob there. Anyway, Jacob does his things, and God does his things, and Jacob prospers and prospers, and Lovin keeps changing and changing and changing his deal, because Lovin does not want Jacob to prosper, but that's what happens. Lovin changes the deal a hundred times. But every, with every new change, the flocks produce exactly what they agree on, and Jacob prospers and prospers, and it's six years later. He was in Haram for 20 years. Seven for Rachel, another seven for Rachel, and six whatever spiritual things he was doing with his sheep and amassing all this wealth. And now he's ready to go. So he tells to Rachel and Leah, like, that's it. My God appeared to me. We've got to go. And they say, yeah, we, we have no interest being here either. Let's go. So he's ready to go. And he decides he has to run away. Because knowing Lovin and knowing all of his evilness, he doesn't think Lovin's going to want to let him out. So that's what they do. So it says in verse 17, this portion of Friday, Jacob arose, lifted his sons and his wives onto the camels. And Rashi points out that in the verse, it puts sons first, which was what Jacob did, putting the males ahead of the females. And Asav, later, when we discuss this, Asav, it says, he put, took his wives and sons, the woman before the children. Uh, that has a very interesting discussion on this, explaining it on the simple level and also on the very deep level of what this means. Next verse, he led away all of his livestock, all of his possessions that he had amassed, the acquisition of his property that he acquired in Padana Rum, to come to his father Isaac to the land of Canaan. The Rashi explains when it says acquisition of his property, meaning he was earning flocks, bodice, speckled, ring, patches, whatever it was. And he sold them. And for them, he got slaves, he had camels, he had donkeys. He acquired tremendous wealth. Lovin had gone to shear his sheep. And Rachel stole the Terufim. Terufim were idols that belonged to her father. And Lovin had gone to shear his sheep. So remember, he had put the bulk of his sheep a three-day distance from Jacob because he didn't want any of his sheep to get somehow messed up in Jacob's flock. Jacob was the embodiment of honesty, and Lovin was the embodiment of deceit. 
So I guess when you're the embodiment of deceit, you can't really believe anyone else's honesty, even Jacob's. So he had his flocks three days away with his son to make sure Jacob wouldn't do anything funny. And he went to share them. It was the sharing time. So he was a three-day distance further north between himself and Jacob. So this is the perfect time to go. And Rachel stole the trophy. Rashi explains why she steal them, what she wants them for. She wanted to separate her father from idolatry. Some explained she wanted, I mean, she really think her father would get separated. She took away his idols. Some say she wants to give this message to her children. They should see the nothingness of it, that it's, it's, it's a God. There's something going on the stealing. Verse, Jacob deceived love in the Arami by not telling him that he was fleeing. So he fled. He and all that he had, he arose and crossed the river and he set his direction toward Mount Gilad. It was told to love it on the third day that Jacob had fled. Now on the third day, because remember, there's a three-day distance between them, Rashi explained. So he took his brethren with him. He, here means Lovin, and he chased after him. Lovin is chasing after Jacob a seven days journey and cut up with him on Mount Gilad. The Rosh explains his brethren means his relatives. Those are the brethren we're talking about. In other words, we never heard any about love and having brothers. It is his relatives, probably his sons. And it says a seven day journey. So Rashi clarifies it doesn't mean love and travel for seven days. It means at this point, Jacob was seven days away from love. Because for three days, Jacob is going in one direction and the messenger is going in the other. So they're six days apart after three days. Now, on the seventh day, Jacob goes another day. And Lavan traverses all those, that seven days, so to speak, worth of traveling in one day. And God came to Lavan, their man, in a dream by night, and said to him, Beware lest you speak with Jacob, either good or bad. Why, why don't we want to even talk good to Jacob? So Rashi says, the good of the wicked people is bad for righteous people. In the Gemara, there Rashi comments that the righteous hate the wicked and the soul of a righteous person is revolted by deriving any benefit from him. So good of Lovin would not be good for Jacob. So Lovin has this dream. Again, Lovin is here. Just get the storyline in place. Jacob ran away because he knows who he's dealing with. He's had 20 years' worth of experience. He ran away. Lovin hears he's furious and wants to do something. I mean, that's something too good. And he comes with his brethren, with his sons, probably, his relatives. He chases after him. He's all ready to attack him the next day, and God comes to him. And God says, don't start up. Don't start up. And Lovin got the message. I mean, he's very wicked, but, you know, he's... he's he understands God's power. So the next morning, the verse says, Lovin overtook Jacob. Jacob had pitched the tent on the mountain while Lovin had stationed his brethren on Mount Gilad. Now, Lovin starts talking. This is Lovin being good. Lovin said to Jacob, What have you done that you have deceived me and led my daughters away like captives of the sword? So Rashi explains, it means a sword because like an army that comes for war is called the sword. So it was, like, it was like a war, and it was like a, a sword that you stole my daughters, his wives, that he worked for for 14 years. Why have you fled so stealthily and tricked me? Nor did you tell me, for I would have sent you off with gladness, with songs, with musical instruments. He says, you tricked me. I mean, literally, he says, Tignov Osi. Um, 
like which means you stole me. But Rashi explains it means you stole my mind. In other words, you tricked me. And you don't even allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Like if you love them, here's being so loving. Nor have you, now you have acted foolishly. There is power to my hand to do you harm, what he really wanted to do. The God of your father spoke to me last night saying, beware of speaking with Jacob, either good or bad. I was really ready to do a lot of, yeah, but your God said it. I'm not starting up. So how does he say this part my hand? It says, yesh el yadi. El means power. Now, we use it, it could be used in a holy way as a reference to God's name because connoting God's strength, God's power. But in the secular, so to speak, in the common term, not as reference to God, it means strength, it means power, potency. I have the ability to do you great harm. We are sure of that. But I'm not going to because I'm not going to Now you've gone because you long greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my God? Now, Jacob did not know that Rachel took the idol. I don't know why not in the shuffle of time. Maybe just think it can't tell him. But he didn't know about it at all. He never heard about this concept before. So on the word, you've longed greatly. The Rashi translates it. Because again, he was Nesafta. Rashi says, you yearned and gives many examples in the verses that uses this term. Why'd you sit my God? So Jacob answered, and of course a holy person, uh, one of the techniques we see throughout the Flemish is that someone who's holier, when he's going to respond to someone, he's going to respond in terms of how they ask the question, meaning in order. So Lovin said two things here. So therefore, Jacob responds, in order. It's always a good thing for us to do because we have told us more than once that this is how our holy patriarchs and matriarchs worked. So Jacob answered and said to Lavan, because I was afraid, for I said, perhaps you might steal your daughters from me. In other words, Rashi explains, Jacob is responding to his first question first, his first accusation first. Lavan said, why did you lead my daughters away like captives of war? And Jacob is saying, because I know you. And I know if I had told you where I was going, who knows what you would have done. Maybe you would have captured all of them and hidden them from me until I agreed to work for another 20 years or whatever. You know, I know I'm dealing with. So that's why I ran away with them. Now, now Jacob is going, responding to the next point that Lovin said, why just tell my gods, which again, Jacob did not know that Rachel had taken these idols. So Jacob said, with whoever you find your gods, he shall not live. In the presence of our brothers, ascertain for yourself what is with me and take it back. And the verse says, now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So from these words, Rashi says, if I stole the gods will not live, this was a curse. It was from this curse that Rachel died on the road. Now Jacob did not say, whoever stole the gods will die. Because if, I mean, the word Jacob was holy, holy, holy saint. And if he had said that, Rachel would have like dropped it on the spot. But he didn't say, whoever stole the gods will die which will be now, says will not live, which means it's a curse on their life, and this curse played out with Rachel's life that at this point she's expecting. And, well, actually, she's not expecting now. She's not expecting now. I'm sorry, I take that back. This is right when they fled, and they fled Haran, and they, tr- they took a year and a half till they got to the house of Yitzhak, of Isaac, for 
the spiritual reasons of Jacob's work. In other words, really, he could have walked his family and in, even with the slow pace of all his family, he could have gotten there in like two weeks. It took a year and a half because obviously there were spiritual things he had to do along the way. But at the end of the year and a half is when Rachel gives birth to Benjamin and passes away. So she didn't pass away on the spot, and she passed away about a year and a half later. But it was from this curse. And again, Jacob said, ascertain for yourself what is with me and take it back. What is with me, Raj explains, means anything of yours that's with me. You ascertain, do I have anything? In other words, he's not inviting Lovin to take inventory of his possessions. He was giving Lovin permission to search for anything that belonged to Lovin that was among Jacob's possessions. So Lovin comes into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of two maid servants. He found nothing. And he left Lovin's Leah's tent and came into Rachel's tent. So Rosh explains, what is, who's Jacob's tent? Does Jacob have his own tent? Jacob has one and Leah has one. So Rashi says Jacob's tent means Rachel's tent. In other words, Rachel is the main wife, even though Leah got married a week earlier, even though Leah produced six sons, and Rachel at this point only one, but she was the main wife. So therefore, Jacob's tent means Rachel's tent. So first, Lovin searches Rachel's tent. Then he searches Leah's tent. And he goes to the tent of the maidservant. He doesn't find anything there. And then it says, and he left Leah's tent and came into Rachel's tent. So when did that happen? So Rashi explains that this that the order is, is a little not like it seems. First he was in Jacob's tent, i.e. Rachel's, then in Leah's, then he left Leah's and went back to Rachel's, and then he goes to the two maidservants. So why did he do this? Why did he go twice to Rachel's tent? So Rashi says he knew his daughter. He knew her nature, that she was someone who touches things. And therefore, he was suspicious of her, which truly here was correct. Now, Rachel had taken the terrestrial, and she put them in the camel's pack saddle, and she was sitting on them. Love and rummaged through the whole tent, but he didn't find them. Now, Rachel, meanwhile, is sitting on this camel and not moving. So Rashi explains what I mean by the camel's pack saddle is like the pillows and the cushions of the saddle of the, of the camel, which is sort of made like a pillow. And then he said to her, Father, let my Lord not find it annoying that I can't rise before you the way the woman is upon me. In other words, as if to say, I have my period, so I can't really get up now. And he searched, and he didn't find the truffin. But that's as far as we're going to be able to do today. At this point, Jacob, who truly doesn't know that Rachel took them, and he's like, just thinking there's another trick of loving. And he lays it out on him, and what is he doing? And speaks at length of his enormous, crazy honesty, even though all of the work was with deceit for all 20 years. But that didn't tamper one iota of Jacob's honesty, and if not for God being on Jacob's side, at this point, after 20 years of work, knowing Lovin, Jacob says, I would leave you right now penniless. From your perspective, you want me to leave you penniless, and you would have made sure I left you penniless after 20 years of day and night, 24-hour, crazy, crazy, crazy labor. The only reason I'm not penniless and I'm actually wealthy is because God was on my side despite everything you did. And then they make a sort of treaty, so to speak, between themselves. And that's 
basically the end of today's portion.